0: Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and ClearVista Financial are not affiliated. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Welcome, everyone, to the Spend Life Well Show. Uh, We're glad you've joined us. I'm Certified Kingdom Advisor Mark Trice, and of course, in the studio with me always is fellow financial professional Jesse Hamilton. Hello. Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Spend Life Well Show. Today, we're talking about a a, kind of a phenomenon that happens in the winter primarily, but a lot of people do the opposite in the summer. And today's show is really about wintering 101. It's your guide to seasonal living. So mm-hmm. the things we're talking about here are going to be, can be ap- applicable to the summer as well. So today's scripture, Jesse, why don't you go ahead and, and per- share that with our listeners? Sure, it's
1: Luke twenty-eight or Luke 14, 28 and 29. For which of you, desire, desiring to build a tower, um, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and not able to finish all of well around him will begin to mock him, saying, "This man began to build and was not able to finish."
0: This is I love this because uh, we apply this in our business. So we like we count the cost before we do it. Nothing like doing the project and discovering that you don't have enough money to
1: do it. Did you do that when you uh, built your barn?
0: Um. Uh, no comment. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, actually, I did. I thought, well, it only do this, and it won't take much of this much time because I'd done it before with my dad. And anyway. We're we're off the show topic now. <laughs> uh, so what what are some of the to dos and and for for seasonal living now? Typically every year, Jesse, we see lots of folks that migrate like birds from the northern climes to the
1: southern climes where it tends to be a little bit warmer. Yeah, they're seeking the mild the weather. That's the traditional snowbird. Yeah, but, uh, here in Texas, um, some people might want to avoid the heat. Right, so they head north in the summertime. Yep. So, but, you know,
0: depending on where you live, you may have heard this term before, snowbird. However, over the years, the definition of a snowbird has changed. In the past, this term was applied to those that travel south in the winter and escape the cold. Now it applies to anyone. Usually, although re, usually retirees, yeah, usually who travel
1: seasonally to spend time
0: outdoors and enjoy their favorite activities.
1: So, although I do know people nowadays that are working fully remote and they have the luxury of kind of chasing that mild weather, which is so really what, nice. What is a
0: snowbird? I mean, because because you can do this now. We have uh, families that we know that homeschool their children; they travel the country mm-hmm. one year out of five. It's really cool. So, what the, are sno- what is a snowbird? The
1: traditional snowbird is retired. And they've made a decision to spend winter in a state somewhere else where they normally live. Um, actually, my my grandparents are snowbirds. Yeah, uh, they they uh, live in Minnesota and uh, they spend some time in Arizona. And then my other grandparents are kind of the opposite. They have uh, made their home in Florida and they spend some time in North Carolina.
0: Okay, yeah. During what season?
1: So they're opposite. They're okay, one's chasing. The, the warm ones <clears throat> avoiding the cold. Gotcha, gotcha. So whether whatever that may be for you, there's a f- few
0: different ways that the our snowbirds mm-hmm. or what's a we need a warm weather bird, summering pe- pelican <laughs> or something. <laughs> there's a few way, different ways you can stretch those wings, right? Some choose to purchase the second home. Yeah.
1: Um, we'll talk about that in a second, yeah,
0: while others look for rental property they can return to annually yeah.
1: um, others still opt for winter on the road by purchasing or renting an rV yeah we'll we'll cover RVs in a little more detail, but you know we deal with people who do everything from the the pickup truck camper all the way to the class A's yeah, and
0: we <laughs> we do have some clients that do it well. I mean yes. <laughs> I'm Jesse and I are a little bit envious of some of our clients that snowbird or, or travel during the summertime and how they do it. And they're really a good example. We really should do a workshop and invite them on about yeah, that'd be great. talking about some of those folks that they want to do it. So, but the first thing you need to do is you got to set that goal, right? right exactly. Um, like most things in life, you know, it's helpful
1: to settle on the goal before you begin. Start with the basics. Travel expenses. So how much is it going to cost to get to your destination? Are you flying? Or are you driving? What transportation have you secured? And uh, what's that going to cost? So fuel... Wear and tear, parking, and of course, if it's just a flight, then what's that going to run you?
0: Right. Um, activities once you've arrived, you know, are you going to sit on the on the back porch of the of the rental and do that? Are you going to climb
1: a hike? You're going to whitewater rafting in the summertime? Yeah, they can vary quite a bit. Most hiking is going to be t- pretty cheap or free, and uh, if you're going to do some whitewater rafting, might cost you a little more.
0: The main thing is 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 doing activities that you enjoy. Yeah. It uh, doesn't have to... A lot of people... some We know some snowbirds or summer birds, what you want to call them, that are very rigid on their itinerary, right? Yes, some I people mean, like that. We must leave at 6 a.m. and to get to our destination by 3 p.m., we'll be allowed 1.25 stops mm-hmm. along the way. I'll slow down for the 0. 0.25. You just do what you need to do, <laughs> whatever it may be. <laughs> and, and then I was just like, yeah, I know we were going to go to that place today, but let's stay here an extra day
1: and yeah. have a much more flexible itinerary. So what about food and drink? We're in an inflationary period where food at home and food in the restaurant is more expensive than ever. ever.
0: Yeah, a lot of people that are, that travel by RV, they cook a lot of their meals on uh, in their little kitchenette or mm-hmm. galley kitchen. Uh, some of them love to cook on the fire. Some like to eat out every meal. Yeah. At a nice restaurant, so that's important. But it needs to go into your into your budget or for your cost. And then the 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 next point is you got to decide where you're gonna go, right?
1: I know that you're not necessarily a summer bird, but you love to go up to Colorado during the summer, don't you?
0: When I can, yeah. When y'all allow me to take a vacation. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I like to I like to do the opposite. I mean, Texas, yes. When it's below 40 degrees, everybody's wearing their their snow gear, right? <laughs> uh here. So but we don't really have that many cold snaps. We might have one or two a year that might last for a few days. So, you know, going to warmer climes, sure. Um go to the Bahamas or something or Mexico during the winter if you want to for a short trip. But yeah, I do like to go up to to hike and and uh just enjoy the wonder of God's creation in Colorado. So choose that location. Um and a lot of people will spend a fair amount of time every year at that location or nearby, mm-hmm. because that is really what whatever you
1: identify that matters most to you. That's right. And not to get off a tangent here, but we do have a couple handful of clients that go as far up as Alaska. So Dri- that's been drive. Really cool. They drive, drive, and then they hop on a ferry with their car, and they go all the way up. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So here's an example we read, um, does a 55 plus community sound like something you enjoy? There's several around, I mean, uh, Sun City and Georgetown. Um, that's a really active type community. They have parties all the time. Um, is that the type of thing that you want to do to be located in a fixed place and be there year round? Mm-hmm. Um, you might want to spend time at the ocean, um, what would that look like to live on the beach? And we know we have a number of clients that have um, um, lots on the Gulf Coast, right? Uh, and they, you know, pull their camper down there and they stay for weeks on end, several times a year. And that's that's where the the types of differences. You just have to decide what works best for you to fulfill some of your your goals and dreams.
1: Sure. So if if you do want that beach house or summer house, you're going to have to decide between renting and buying. And this is going to be incorporated into your financial plan, your income, and whether you can, you know swing the down payment, but um, it's important to make that decision between the two. Right. because and it's, it's best to try to decide
0: that early on. We, yeah. we had some friends that um, were able wanting to purchase a, a vacation home. Uh, they bought that in Angel Fire and New Mexico. And so during the, the weeks that they don't want to use it, they're renting it out. So it's an sure. investment property, but a place that they can get away. And a lot of places will allow that. You'll have a donor closet or an, a donor closet. I'm talking about the YMCA, the Rockies. <laughs> um, you'll have an owner's closet where you can store things locked up. And then you'll have things that your guests can use when they're renting out the home. Yeah. But that renting versus buying decision, whether it be an RV or a house or something like that, you have to decide in advance. Now there's pros and cons, right? Sure. For every decision with this. So <clears throat> there's a few items you want to consider. And then we're going to talk about wintering today in that more temperate location, but we can mean the, the opposite when it means uh, sunshine on, on your back and a cooler weather in the summertime as well. Let's talk about owning an RV, a recreational vehicle, Jesse. Yeah,
1: this is alluring to a lot of different people. They like the feeling of, uh, Limitness And Mark is pointing
0: at himself right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I know. I, I would really love to have one, but I have to get some kids out of the house first.
1: But like I said earlier, they vary in all kinds of different sizes. The smaller ones you can pull behind a small vehicle or load in the back of your truck, and they can go all the way up to the, the big Class A bus-sized RVs that you might even need a CDL to drive. And
0: But a lot, I think a lot of people, and especially people that do travel a lot with a camper or an RV of some type, they will tell you that the reality of RV life can be different from one's perceptions of what it's going to be like, right? Absolutely, it can. So here's some items that you might want to consider before starting that journey. First one is your
1: comfort behind the wheel, right? Yes, so if you're driving your daily truck or your daily vehicle, that's going to be different than if you're driving a big bus. Um, You always want it to be comfortable depending on the size. So if you're looking at a class A motorhome.
0: Now, I don't know the rules in Texas necessarily, but you might need a commercial driver's license. That's a yeah, bus. It is. It's huge. That's a bus. It's a house. Now, I have had my commercial driver's license before for driving a school bus, but an RV is a big vehicle. Even, even more so if you decide that
1: you're going to tow a vehicle behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have a heavy-duty truck or a 2,500, 3,500. Uh, that, that takes some practice. And and really, you know, you
0: see a lot of things. on. There's these shows on, on cable about RV purchasing and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. But even, you know, a lot of times people don't realize that driving a larger vehicle or a vehicle that you're not normally accustomed to can be stressful, mm-hmm. right? And, and so pulling a big fifth wheel behind you with a big 25 uh, half-ton truck in tight spaces can be very stressful. Yeah. So one of the recommendations that we have is to try before you buy
1: right? Yeah, and I'm I'm not super familiar with the offers they have right now, but I'm sure a lot of the big dealers right around town here uh, allow you to do that. Yeah, and there's a lot of um,
0: RV professionals that are that are dedicated to renting RVs right. to people that want to try one. And then you know, within a few weeks, you'll you'll know pretty quick if the RV life is for you. Right.
1: Sure. Uh, another thing you want to do is ask. A financial professional. That's right. We're going to look at things like your cash flow, your assets, and the interest rate environment. That's huge, especially right now. We're in a very high interest rate environment. This might cost you a lot to finance. So differing from uh, owning a, a
0: physical property, a house, or a second home, Yeah. likely the RV is going to depreciate in value over time. So it creates a more of an investment, a sunk cost, if you will, and you want to talk to someone about that, because if you pay a certain amount when you buy it, you're probably not going to be able to sell it when you decide that the RV life is not for you. Right. So consider those things. Talk to a professional about your choices there. Now, if you do to consider something more permanent, Jesse, what do we need to be considering? Well, the classic real
1: estate, location, location, location. Um, and price. And price is the last part there, but... Um, the price is probably going to be a lot higher unless you're buying the the full- on class A the The price is going to be quite a bit higher for owning that second home.
0: So even if you've got experience in real estate, you know it can be helpful to enlist the aid of a real estate agent in the area that yes. you're searching for. I know I used to be a, a real estate agent years ago, and that local agent can know a lot of details about the neighborhood you're looking in and right. things like that. Having that inside source. Really is helpful in the area that you're looking to buy that purchase. You mentioned televised
1: inspiration. Yes. a the go. So yes, that, that's I spent a lot of our... time
0: watching those shows and dreaming.
1: Right, they may be entertaining, but they also can be pretty useful uh, determining the, what choice is best for you.
0: You know, I, I, I was, you know, home improvement shows are my weakness. Okay, right? you know, and, and Chip and Joe inspired me when they first started their show. And I've botched some really bad resume. <laughs> I could be on one of those shows, help, I've, I've ruined my house type show. <laughs> but, you know, if, you, if you're if you looking at that, you know, a lot of these shows that they put on television uh, are going to show you the glamour things and it's very entertaining and it's so fun. And they never show afterwards that the seller forgot to tell you something about that, that there was radon problem in the house. Yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> so you just have to be careful and having that agent can really help you know what you need to look for in a particular area.
1: Um, and then also enlist a friend. Yeah. Somebody who maybe has done it before. This applies to both property and the recreational vehicle. Somebody who's done it before is going to help you. Cause I think the main thing is cause we
0: could, we see through, uh, foggy goggles, if you will, when we've made up our mind, we're going to go do it. And when we talk to a friend and they start asking questions, they're like, uh, you know, I, I did this with our friend that bought the house that I mentioned earlier, and you know, some of the questions I asked, they're like, well, what does that matter? It's like, well, it makes a big difference because sure. of this and this and this. So get an accountability partner that will help you with these things. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's talk about owning a rental property, Jesse. Yeah, you might want some help here. So there's, of course, property management companies that can help you, uh, Collecting the fees on the property so that you don't have to run a side business while you're trying to enjoy your retirement. That's
0: right. If you've got a house that's 2,000 miles away, you don't want to have to go up and fix the toilet. Yeah. Um, They can also help uh, rent the property for you for a fee and maintain the property for a fee. Mm -hmm. Those often can be things that are well worth the investment. It's for someone else to take
1: care of. And of course, fractional ownership. A lot of people ask about this buying a property with another group of individuals or a friend. Mm,
0: and we're going, yeah, Maybe. that's... I mean, the closest thing that I can think to is a timeshare. Yeah. And we would not advise that. But there are options out there where you can access it. You just have to be very careful in research. Talk to a legal expert because if you're doing something like a timeshare you're probably going to own it forever and your children will own it forever and having to pay annual fees and things. It's usually not worth um, the investment with those Mm -hmm. things. But as with anything, research is the most important thing you can do. Yes, it is. Second opinions and lots of time searching the web. Yeah. So are you living the dream? You want to live the dream? No. So no matter where you decide to spend the part of your area or year as a winter guest or a summer guest, you want to think about your new endeavor as a lifestyle you're creating, right? Yes. And that mindset can encourage you to think about the financial and emotional aspects of seasonal living. There's lots of more details here. If you're interested in one particular area, we probably have some clients we can introduce you to that
1: would love to talk about their experiences of
0: snowbirding or park
1: hosting and things yes, like that. Yes, we, we love connecting people to find more joy in their life like that. And of course engage a financial professional. They can help you answer these questions.
0: And you can contact us anytime if you'd like. Give us a call at 254-282-0495. That's 254-282-0495. Or visit us on the web at spinlifewell.com. That'll take you to our ClearVista financial website. You can text us too with that number. That's right. That's right. Two two five four two eight two zero four ninety five. 254-282-0495. And until next time, folks, you've been listening to The Spend Life Well Show.
1: Have a great day.